Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom Link. We are so honored that you have chosen to join with us today. Man, we are so thankful for what 2019 has brought to us. And welcome to the very first episode of 2020. Dad, can you believe that we're already in 2020? No, it's amazing. And uh, here we are uh, sitting here recording our first podcast on New Year's Day. And I think it's a cool way to start the new year off. Absolutely, I'm excited about this opportunity and looking forward to what uh, what Kingdom Link is going to be in this new year. I think Absolutely. We, we got some neat stuff I think is going to be coming our way. And we really want to help our listeners and provide value right. uh, and content to our listeners. And so i right. um, very thankful for, for the opportunity to launch out this year, 2020. It's going to be a great year. Absolutely. Amen. We are so excited. Thank you all for uh, allowing us to take a couple weeks off that we took off in December. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas, a wonderful holiday season. But right now, it's time to get back to it. Let's do it. So we're starting off with a new series. We are going to be starting off today. Today is going to be the first episode of a series that we are calling Understanding the Call. Yeah. And we're going to try to decipher what is the call of God? How do you know you're called? What is, how do you know that you're qualified? And mm-hmm. how do you act on the call? And so we're really excited to dive into that today. Well, I firmly believe that this generation needs people that are are called of God for specific assignment. And the end, you know, we're, we're looking at, a, at several podcasts, but towards the end of this series... We're going to be hopefully helping people understand not only the call, but they understand their assignment. Absolutely. And and get their assignment and do the work of God and make a difference in this world. Absolutely, because we believe that God has specific calling for each and every one of us. You know, not everybody's going to be called to the pulpit or not everybody's going to be called to preach, but that's okay because we're more than that. Yes. We are more than that. And so we're just trying to help somebody understand the call. Maybe you're feeling a tug on your heart that God's calling on to you, or maybe you feel that you're called and you just don't know what to do, or maybe you've had the calling for many years and you're just in a lull and you need some help. So we'll hopefully we'll help you with that with this episode today. Yeah, let, let, let me just kind of give an overview of what we're going to talk about today. And uh, we want to answer the question, what is the call? And we want to talk about there. there is a difference between a vocation and a calling. And uh, how, how do you know that you're called? Right. And with that, you know, what happens if you don't answer the call? And uh, then after you're called, what do you do then? And uh, if you'll hold on towards the end, we're going to have a few book rec- recommendations. We'll also put that in our show notes uh, so you can go and help yourself uh, as far as improving your ministry, improving right. your, your uh, growth pattern in the calling. And these books, they've really they've helped me and you, Dad, through right. our years of growing up in leadership. Uh, before we begin, why don't we just go ahead and kind of tell our stories uh, to kind of shed some light on how yeah. we were called. So, Dad, how yeah. were you called into the ministry? Well, I, w- I was raised in the home of a minister. My dad was a minister, uh, and uh, I saw how how he operated. But I didn't want to, you know. He taught that you don't you don't start into the ministry just simply because your dad's in the ministry. Absolutely. 
So my experience really began when I was about nine years old. Mm-hmm. I remember nine years old that uh, I was in a missions conference, standing, praying with everybody, and there was such a sweet presence of the Lord that swept over me. And I felt this yearning. At that time, I didn't understand, but it was really a burden that God was placing upon me. Right. And uh, But that was the initial uh, voice. Mm-hmm. But at the age of 14, uh, I felt God speaking to me directly about uh, going into the ministry. And what happened is that I became consumed with the Word of God. Right. I became consumed with not just the Word, but then messages began to form in my head. Right. I began to see them as they began to form in my head. And, and I would study and I would begin to see uh, like pieces of of scripture puzzle mm-hmm. come together and right and of course you know uh, for me I, I I needed an outlet and the only place I could find was in our uh, shed in the back of the house where the lawnmower was stored and the right. the, the utensils were stored the the, <laughs> the, the the tools and and so I'd preach my guts out to the and, tools to the tools and so that that was my launch and then from there. I moved in different areas, and uh, I was blessed to preach my first full revival at the age of 18, and uh, now I'm uh, 58, so I've been preaching the gospel all that time, and I'm I'm just humbled by the opportunities the Lord has put in front of me, but uh, and I'm thankful for the the call and and the assignments He's given me. Absolutely. Uh, it, it mine started a lot on the same lines is that growing up, you know, you didn't know because my dad was a preacher. My both of my grandfathers were preachers, and so you almost felt like, am I called just because of my last name? Am I called just because of who I'm related to? Right. But I didn't think that was the case. Actually, uh, you and mom were gone on a missions trip. I believe. I think you were in. No, it wouldn't have been Taiwan, but I think you were going on vacation or something. Anywho, I was staying at uh, B.B. and Papa's house, Bishop Wallace's house. And I was staying there, and for some reason, I never did this. I was about 11 or 12, and, you know, I'm just a kid. All I wanted to do was play outside or play video games or something. But I just opened my Bible out of just randomness, and I just started feeling such a burden. And so then I began to pray. And I felt like I didn't I didn't necessarily hear the voice of God, but I felt like a hard calling to the mm-hmm. ministry. And I remember texting you, Dad, I just feel so called to the ministry. I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, we have a conversation when we get home. And so it started then. I preached my first message on holiness <laughs> when I was 13 years old uh, for a men's session here at the church. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've been preaching. Uh, I'm now 20 years old, so about seven years I've been in the ministry. Yeah. Um, I preached my first revival, I believe, when I was 18 for uh, my now father-in-law, Brother Darren Bolin at Blackwell, and uh, I've just been able to have the opportunity to preach out, and now I'm here at Medora. I'm home with my wife, and uh, we are the student leaders here, and so we were just really in awe of the call of God and where it's brought us. And, And everybody's different. Everybody's story is different. And, uh, but I'm thankful. 
I'm thankful for the call because there's no other occupation or job or profession like like being in the ministry. Absolutely not. Uh, and I know the world has has belittled uh, the clergy, has belittled the the preachers, and and quite frankly, preachers have done a lot to help that. Right, we've facility. become almost a laughing stock. Yeah, it's that, it, that we I, don't have any importance anymore. <laughs> I, I I read a survey not too awful long ago that said that. Uh, Preachers and lawyers are on about the same level of trust that people have, wow. and that that that's real sad. It is, but the respect of the calling and understanding your calling is that in the ministry, it stands in a class all by itself. The calling right. puts you in a class by yourself by right. accountability. It's not a career; it's a calling. Right. It's a Holy Spirit calling. It's not a grandma calling. Right. It's not a cousin calling. It's not a, a grandpa calling. It's not a Aunt Sally calling. Mm-hmm. It's It's got to be a heavenly calling. And uh, the Bible says that uh, Paul, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said in chapter 6 and verse 1, he said, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee Behold, now is the accepted time. And then he says, but in all things, verse 4, approving ourselves, approving ourselves right. as the ministers of God in patience, in afflictions, in necessity, in distress, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, and on and on. You can read this. It is it to me. First Corinthians chapter six one through ten is the uh, the job description right for a called person right and I I think it is very important that we important that a, a person knows that if you're going to be called by God to do the work of God you've got to be willing to withstand some test absolutely some proving right some qualifying mm-hmm. and uh, you know I often have had this conversation with people, men that I've pastored or those that, that have come to me about, I feel the call of the Lord. I feel the call of the Lord. And I, I remember uh, Brother J.L. Pipkin, uh, a pastor who's already going on to be with the Lord, that made this statement. He said, first thing you want to do is run from it. Right. Why? Right. <laughs> Shouldn't we embrace it? Yes, we should. But it, it needs to be as the Bible says, we need to make our calling an election sure. So the ministry must be a calling. Otherwise, you'd have to be a little crazy to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with that 100% because when I was growing up into the ministry, that was the first thing that you told me was to run away from it, run away from the calling. Well, that didn't make sense. Why, why would you ask that? Right. Because if you're truly called by God, that calling is going to hunt you down. Yes, exactly. It will follow you to the ends of the earth. It sticks with you. Right. You're not going to be able to stop thinking about it. It will follow right. you. It will be the only thing you can think about. And that's a way that you can prove if it's a burden or if it's a calling. Because you may be... I, I think that's an important distinction. Right. Absolutely. A lot of people feel a burden. Right. They feel a burning. Like, I feel a burden for missions. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're called to go. Absolutely. It may be that you're called to, to give. help. Or to yeah, give, right. or to pray, absolutely. You know, Grandpa used to say this: a lot of guys got a call. They thought it, thought it was a call to preach, but it was a call to pray. Mm. 
That's good. Not just a call to preach. It's Absolutely. Pre- and, and I think it's very important to make your, your calling very sure in your mind. Absolutely. And that's that's one way that you can prove that calling is if it, it you can't stop thinking about it. Because then right. when you have a burnt, well, when you have a calling, excuse me, when you have a calling, God gives you a godly burden. And so what I mean by that is when you receive your calling, this is when God adds burden to your calling. Right. And so what I mean by that is that whenever we see young ministers come in, whenever we see young leaders come in, we think the young leader is full of zeal. They're full of passion. And that's true. And we think that's just because of their age. I don't think that's true, personally. I think that's God-given. I think you could be really old and receive your calling, and you're going to be full of zeal and passion. Why? Because God's given you a burden for your calling that you right. have to serve it. It's eating you. It's chomping at the bits. Right. And that's the burden that God's called you for that ministry. Absolutely. To help that calling, to push Absolutely. that calling. It's all through the zeal and passion and the burden that God has given you yeah. bef- after you have affirmed your calling. And on top of that, I think he does give us that burden but he also gives us the anointing to fulfill that burden. Absolutely. Because it's outside of ourself. The Apostle Paul in one place said, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. That, right. that means I'm so driven, passionate driven. And, and a lot of guys that think they're calling, they're looking for, for notoriety or they're looking for a pulpit or they're looking for a place to preach. You can find a place to preach absolutely. if you want to. You can find somebody to preach. You can find to. a tool shed. <laughs> you can find a tool shed somewhere, but find, find a way. I remember my dad, when he's talking about his story and being called, uh, uh, he felt the calling of the Lord upon his life. And there was no, he wasn't a pastor. He was just a, a layman in the, in the church where he was going. And there was not a lot of opportunity. So what he did is, this would have been in the 50s. So he went in our late 50s, probably. He, would, he, would, he went out and bought him loudspeakers. That's mm-hmm. what they called him. Put them on top of his car. So he had these big bullhorn speakers on top of his car. That's hooked awesome. up to a microphone inside. And he would drive through the community preaching. That's awesome. You find a way. If you have a calling, you can't outrun it. Nope. You can't. And you can't outrun the burden. Absolutely It'll not. eat at you, mm-hmm. eat at you. That's why it's so sad when somebody, let's say, just walks away from God who is called to the ministry. The fact is they take that calling still with them. Absolutely. And they'll still feel that passion, mm-hmm. but they can't fulfill it. Right. All right. So... What do we what do we mean by the call? Uh, I think it's good to want to be a preacher. I think it's right. an admirable desire yeah. to well, be a minister. Well, think that's you are the voice to the message. You you're mm-hmm. a modern day John the Baptist who is the voice to Jesus. We are the messengers of God. That's a high. That's a high uh, calling. That's a high calling. Yes, and and it, I think it's good. But I don't think anyone should enter the field of ministry specifically. And when we say calling, I want to I want to group it into the gifts that God gives that Paul talks about in Ephesians four: apostles, prophets, uh, uh, evangelists, teachers. teachers, pastors. Right. He 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 grouped that in as a gifting. Right. I believe that deals with this calling. You're going to be called because of this gifting. Absolutely. <clears throat> but if I could, I'll read from Hebrews chapter 5. It said, And no man taken this honor unto himself, 
but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Aaron didn't choose the priesthood. Right. God chose him for the priesthood. Right. All the training in the world does not make a preacher. Right. All the schooling in the world does not make a preacher. The ministry is more than just a profession. It's more than just being a carpenter, right. a plumber. You know, uh, that, that's the difference between a vocation mm-hmm. and a, a calling. Now, a plumber can be a preacher. Right. Absolutely. You a can carpenter. do both bivocational. Yeah, you, you know, many people do it. They're bivocational as right. far as when it comes to ministry and working in the ministry. You, you can work a secular job, and that's mm-hmm. your vocation, and you want to do that to the glory of God. Everybody should. But just because... Uh, you know, you, you feel a little itch doesn't mean that you're called. Right. But there's a difference between a vocation and a calling. I think there needs to be evidence. Right. I don't think there's I don't think there's a rigid formula well, that on. says this is the way it's done. Everybody's different. Right, right. Uh well quickly just going back to what we what does it mean to be called? You really touched on this. Um, there was another verse of scripture that I think goes well with going bivocational, you know, in working with this. Amos 7 and 14. Then okay. answered Amos and said to uh, Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, right. but I was a herdman and a gatherer of the sycamore fruit. Mm-hmm. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. Yes. So God said, Go. But he said, But I'm just a herdman. I mean, what do you think? But then when God said, go, that was proof. That's my calling. So go do it. Go prophesy. So to be called by God, now speaking of the calling to minister is God's word, it is to accept the heaviest of attacks of the enemy. Yes, I, I, I call them preacher devils. I Absolutely. Believe, I believe there are preacher, preacher devils. devils out there that so, goes after the call. So when you accept the call to ministry, you will now be attacked by preacher devils. You are now on the adversary's top list of targets. Yes. He is going to come after you. He has your name on his list. He will come after you, attack you, deceive yes. you, lie to you, try to confuse you. However, we need to remind ourselves just who we serve and who's called us. Right. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but That's according good. to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before right. the world began. Right. So we need to understand even though this calling comes with burden, even though this calling comes with hurts, with pains, with a firm uh other things in this world, the adversary coming after us, we need to remember, who called me? Who called me? That's exactly right. You know, uh, I think that that while there isn't a formula per se how a person is called, right. there is evidence Absolutely. of the calling. God speaks to men differently. God calls people differently. Right. How God called me and how he called you may be different. Right. But the evidence of the calling should be around. And I think that's something really important. That's I feel almost that's an attribute of God. Yeah. Is the evidence. The evidence of the Just calling. Just as for us, we are oneness, apostolics, we are Pentecostals. So as speaking in tongues is the evidence of the Holy Ghost, uh-huh. what is the evidence of the call of God into a ministry? Right. One thing that we need to realize about God that I believe is that God proves himself. Yes, he does. He is a God that supplies his own evidence. Mm-hmm. He gives his spirit. He gives evidence of that spirit. So because of that, he gives a calling, so then he will give you evidence of that calling. Going back to Amos 7 and 15, And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, 
prophesy unto my people. Right. One way to prove the calling is to hear the master's voice. Right. That's evidence. Right. And then then begin to do uh, uh, the work of the of the Lord. I think also there's got to be a willing heart. Absolutely. Sometimes God. I've seen men that that run from the calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there needs to be a willing heart, as Isaiah said. He said in six and eight, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Then said I, "Here am I. Send me. Let me go. Here am I." Send me. I think that's so powerful. That is a power. It, it, it's born out in the book of Acts because the right. Bible says that they laid their hands upon upon Paul right. and 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 uh, Paul and Barnabas, mm-hmm. and the Holy Ghost spoke and said, "Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, to the work that I've called them. Right. Separate me to that." And, and Paul began to say uh, to the Romans, he said. How then, Romans 10 and 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall the preacher, or how shall they preach except they be sent? Right. Now, how are they sent? It goes back to the way God called Paul and Barnabas. Right. The Lord said, uh, separate them. Right. Put them in a place where they're called to this mission, right? Amen. To the place that I've called him, um, I I think that calls back as well is that Paul and Barnabas were people of character mm-hmm. uh, before the calling. I know Paul; he he was a murderer. Yeah, he he had a rough life, but God not a saw, good resume for a preacher. No, is it? not necessarily. That'd be kind of hard. <laughs> hey, you know, I tried killing you, but I'm going to tell you about Jesus. No, uh. But God saw something in his character right. beforehand that he knew I can use that. Yeah. And I think that calls back to the very first person that ever got a calling from God. Right. After the fall of Adam and Eve, Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. And I love what uh, Dr. Tony Evans writes in his commentary about this verse. And I quote, when God, when God saw the wickedness of Noah's day, he uh-huh. reestablished his plan by choosing one faithful man. Faithful. faithful. Yeah. So before Abraham was ever called by God, he was already faithful. Absolutely. And so I believe if you're somebody that is wanting to have a call, that wants to understand their call, that hasn't quite got it yet, yeah. that's the key. Be faithful. Absolutely. And, and and that goes hand in hand with what I tell you. Uh, let's just say um, I have a young man, young man that comes into my uh, officer, comes be- wants to talk to me about being called. One of the things that I, I, I instruct them is live like you are already called. Right. Act like it you've already called. If, when you've affirmed that calling and you know Absolutely. that calling... Then that way, when somebody, when you you stand before them to preach or to minister, they're not surprised, right? Because you've been living one way away from church and another way in the church, or you've been living one way right. before, uh, you know, your parents and another way before your siblings. Mm-hmm. That that to me, right. I think is you 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 begin to work towards that. So it's like, oh yeah, right. I can see that his life is beginning to bear that out. Absolutely. Uh, going going off of that, something another uh, advice that I had received through you, through other preachers that I've heard this, 
Uh, one time I had a young man uh, come to me and tell me that he believes that God called him to the ministry. And so I was able to give him that advice that you've given to me, that other ministers have given to me. And that was, do what you are doing now right. with excellence. Right. Don't look for more and don't push to go preach somewhere else. Don't search for your pulpit. The Bible says that your ministry will make room for itself. We've yes. talked about that here yes. on this podcast. Yes. So the young man was doing a, a P7 group at his school. Okay. Uh, that, that's a Bible group for his school for those who might not know what P7 is. And I told him that God has given you this group right. for an opportunity. Right. He's given you this ministry. It's not a stepping stone. That's kind of a pet peeve of mine. When people <laughs> believe that positions in the kingdom are stepping stones to greater things, Yes, I don't think... I don't think that's the mindset that we as leaders need to have. Ask John the Baptist about that. Absolutely. I mean, John the Baptist right. had one thing to do. Absolutely. And that was, was it. His stepping stone led him into eternity. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I like that, David. And so it, it, I told this young man, I said, it's not a stepping stone. Don't look for stepping stones for greater things. We are called to do what we are doing with excellence and perfectly. So if you believe that you are called, do what you're doing now right. perfectly. Right. When God sees that you're able to do that, he'll give you more responsibility. It's Absolutely. just like you're a kid growing up, and before you're 16 and able to drive, your parents have to see, are they responsible enough to right. do this? So they give them a little bit more responsibility every time that they right. prove themselves to do it right to do Absolutely. it worthy, to do it with excellence, then you get more responsibility. That's how the kingdom's set up. That's how it works. That's how the calling is set up. You well, don't go straight from being called to preaching at conferences. Right. And, and I mean, first off, God's called you to serve. Right. So as soon as you feel like you're called to preach, you kind of get that puffed chest. Then your pastor hands you a mop and says, get to mopping. Mm. Well, mm. that's what we're called to do. Jesus didn't come to preach. He came to serve. He came to serve. That's exactly right. Well, let me share with you um, and to our listeners, I want to talk to you about just some specific ways that you could know if you're called. Right. I want to talk to you directly, and I've got 10 of them I want to share with you. Number one, how can you know you're called? Number one is there is a particular time that you first felt God speak to you. Right. Just like Elisha, who felt the mantle of Elijah fall on his shoulders, mm -hmm. it was at that particular time right. that God spoke to him. Well, he didn't serve in the capacity of a prophet until 11 years later. Right. So there needs to be a particular time. Number two, <clears throat> there is an intense inner desire and longing for the work of God that is inescapable. And we've talked right. about that. When you try to run and it just yeah. meets it, you it, every it's, time. It's, it's the burden that it's haunts always you. There. It's the voice that keeps... It's that thing that drives you to dig into the Word of God like right. no nothing else. It is that, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. And I think a cool aspect about that, uh, if you can run from it, yeah, you're not called. You're not called. Number three, there is a particular... This is related to it, but there is a particular longing for you to get closer to God personally. Right. Personally, it's not just that you want to tell other people something. There's a, a desire for you to get uh, closer to God. Right. Absolutely. Number four, there's an insatiable appetite to study. Mm -hmm. 
Number five, there's an unparalleled urge to share God's word with others. It's not just preaching to the right. to the hoe and the rake and the uh, mm-hmm. mower as I did as a, as a young man, but it's that move from there Absolutely. to uh, school, right? You know, starting a prayer preaching meeting at school, yeah. you know, doing different things at, at school. That I it, it just was something. There was a longing, a longing in my heart. Uh, f- uh, a prevailing passion for lost souls. Absolutely. That's number six. Number six, there's a prevailing passion for lost souls. Number seven, there's a longing to serve and to give sacrificially. Right. To help others. And I know these are good for everybody, but if a, if a, if a, a person is called to preach and they don't have a passion to serve other people, chances are they're not called to preach. Right, right. Well, like I said earlier, the best example that we will ever have on this earth was Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and he came to serve he came to give his life that was serve that right. was a servant exactly heart. and so if we think we know better than Jesus Oof. that's a scary well, he's our model absolutely he's he's and we we talked about that in, in previous podcasts about a servant leader right uh let's see number eight you're calling must be tested and proven. Absolutely. Paul said that we're to prove ourselves right. in our ministry and talking to Timothy. Absolutely. Prove yourself. Prove yourself by humble service. Prove by an, an aptest uh, to, to teach. Doesn't mean that you're perfect in preaching, but there's an aptitude of declaring the word of God. To dive in a way, deeper into the word of God. Yes, that 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 you could present the word of God in a way that uh, uh, brings forth fruit, mm-hmm. a fruit of being a soul winner. I know there are some people that, you know, they want to preach behind a pulpit or they want to preach to get accolades. Well, you're preaching when you sit down with one person mm-hmm. with a Bible study. Absolutely. And and you talk about that. So, so number eight, your calling must be tested and proven. Number nine, your gift will make room for itself. That's something we've already right. said. That scripture is found in Proverbs 18 and 16. Number 10, your calling should be believable. Right. I think this is a key. Your life must reflect reflect your calling. Your life must reflect your calling and uh, uh, your character, integrity. And we're going to get into this into the next podcast. Your character, integrity must be evident. Absolutely. Uh, You conduct your life in such a way that people will have little problem believing that that you're called. Right. And we touched on that a little earlier. So uh, I think it's very important uh, that we understand the importance of of being full, given full proof of our ministry. Right. Um, I, I quickly want to talk about this last segment, and that is I'm called now what? Right. What? Okay. I've settled into my mind. I'm called. Then what do I do? Right. The burden is there, but the first step we need to take in fulfilling our ministry is find the channel that God wants us to work in and be faithful. And you said it already. Being faithful, being excellent, where you are with what you have, mm-hmm. regardless of the task. God looks for faithful people. If you're called to the ministry. And you're not faithful in other areas of service in your in your local church. The chances are you're not going to be faithful right. in in that. One of the biggest things, and this is a personal thought with me as a pastor. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I believe is that a person who's called's got to be faithful with their finances. Absolutely, because Jesus said, 
well, that the, if you cannot handle the unrighteous mammon, right. then who is going to entrust you with the true riches of the kingdom? Absolutely. And so that's that's really like, if you can handle money, there's more things that you can handle. Yes. Because money seems to be the thing that everybody loses control over. Everybody wants money. Everybody yeah. wants riches here. Well, the Bible says it's the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. Right. And so if we're just so focused on the material things of this world, like you said, the Bible says we will not receive the riches of heaven. Yes. And so we really need to be careful about that. Another thing that a person can do that after their calling is apply themselves. Right. Apply themselves to study in Scripture. Absolutely. Dive apply deep. The, today there is a plethora of available uh, things that can help you. There is no excuse for the ministers and the preachers and the saints of today to know more about God's Word than ever before. Absolutely. Mainly because we have so many resources available at the click of a button. It's right there. Absolutely. But think of where we are. Right. I, I don't necessarily think we're at that point because I feel like sometimes we've gotten, we've gotten complacent, we've gotten entitled, yes. that we've gotten in a place of comfort or comfortability. Where we just rest on the previous generations that didn't have this. They had to go right. and find it. Dig they had, it they, out. They had to go to the libraries. They had to go. To, could you imagine a place where you have to go and check out books? I mean, come on now. Exactly. That's ancient. <laughs> well, it's almost like somebody that has way too much to eat. Right. They become complacent about, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. And, and so we've got so much There's information. There's not a hunger. There's not a hunger. You have to cultivate hunger. One way you can do that is fasting and prayer mm-hmm. and seeking the Lord. Let me leave you with this quote. So we're going to wrap up this podcast. We'll take the next uh, part because the next part is talking about qualification. We're looking forward to that. But let me leave you with a quote uh, from Bishop Walls. If he being the master teacher would take this long to train his apostles, speaking of Jesus Christ. How long do you suppose we should be trained before we have the responsibility of ministry placed on our shoulders? Wow. Jesus spent three years mm-hmm. training his, his disciples before he sent them out. Right. And he, they, they had the Holy Spirit when they, from the upper room, but he trained them. He invested in them. And I think it's important for a young person or any person who's first being called, go Pursue training. Right. Pursue your pastor. Pursue right. the Word of God. Sit down at church with a pen and paper. When Absolutely. the message is going out, go mm-hmm. to a conference, take a pen and paper on your iPad, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. I've been preaching for a long time, and I still take notes. Yep. Yes, sir. Because I want to be fed. I want to grow. Yes, sir. And I think that's something when after your calling, now what? Is do your best where you are right. and improve yourself. Right. And one last thing. One last topic to cover. What happens when we do not answer the call? What happens when we do not answer the call? I have a couple verses here, uh, a few verses. Uh, Real quick, let me read them. Starting out in Psalms 81, verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me. Isaiah 65 and 12. Therefore will I number you to the sword, and ye shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called... Ye did not answer. Mm. When I spake, ye did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Jeremiah 7 and 13, And now because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, 
but ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. So what, what happens when we don't answer the call? When we do not answer the call of the master, we are really saying that God's plan for us is incorrect. Mm-hmm. We are saying that in this case, we know better than the all-knowing God. How foolish of us to think that way. Right. How foolish of us. Jonah thought this way in his day. He did not want to follow the leading and the calling of God and looked what happened to him. God had to give him a rude awakening to realize the calling and the ministry that he had for his life. The biggest threat that when we do not answer the call of God, it is either that God will have to bring us to the belly of the whale or God will choose someone else. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that, uh, this is speaking of worship, but the Bible says if he does not receive praise, then the rocks will cry out. Right. God always has a contingency plan. Right. Because if we do not do our job in the kingdom, we will be pushed aside or somebody that is willing to accept the call will replace us. Right. Because the kingdom, what we need to realize, leaders, and those that are feeling a call, the kingdom is going to advance either with or without us. It's always going to be advancing. Yes. And so when we do not accept, we are going against the will of God. We're going against the the speakings of the master of the creator. How foolish yeah. of us to think that way. Right. And and I think that is borne out in the story of Esther, where Mordecai right. said to Esther, if you and I'm paraphrasing, if you do not come to the aid of the kingdom and answer the call at this time, God's going to raise up someone else. Mm-hmm. God's going to raise up somebody else. Absolutely. But then, Esther, you and your family is going to miss that opportunity. Right. So, well, today it's been great to talk to you about the call. Absolutely. We hope this has helped somebody today. And we want you to know that at the foundation of our podcast, we are are here about generational leaders, but we're also uh, both ministers. David and I are ministers of the gospel. And so that's where our framework comes from. What we what we talk to you about leadership is going to be based off the Word of God to the best of our ability. And so that's why we share with you these thoughts about your calling. Next episode, we're going to go into part two about the qualifications of ministry. Right. How do you and know you're qualified? How do you know and how you work towards that qualification? Absolutely. And we're looking forward to that. Now... Everybody has a chance to minister in some level on right, some way. Right. There's just a distinction, I believe, that still needs to be maintained in the calling to a leadership ministry as far as apostles and prophets. Absolutely. You know, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, those kinds of things. Let me wrap up with a few book recommendations. We'll put them in the show notes for you. Uh, go to Amazon, find uh, Muncia Walls, Bishop Walls, Muncia spelled M-U-N-C-I-A, Muncia Walls, and get his book, The Preacher and the Call. Great book. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Cook's book, Qualified. Great book. Pick it up. Uh, John Piper, Brothers Were Not Professionals. Great book as well. And one that I highly recommend for not just first-time callers, but all ministers of the gospel by Chuck Foreman, 
the deadliest sin. It's a great book. Yeah, I think I think that that it's will be book. something. Also, uh, you mentioned about uh, one of Gene Edwards' books that right. you like for the ministry. Yeah, if you know anything about me, I'm a huge fan of Gene Edwards and his work. He has a book called A Tale of Three Kings. It's a wonderful book on leadership. It goes through the stories of uh, Saul and David in their time of leadership and their kingship, and it goes really well into seeing whether or not... Uh, you know, Saul, he, he was the king, but he, he messed up, and yeah. so somebody had to take his place. Yeah. And so it's a great book on leadership. I really advise. It's an easy read, wonderful yes. read. Uh, go get the book today on Amazon. It'd be great. And and we're going to put some of these, uh, we'll put these down in the show notes and links so you can go and get connected with them. If you want to get better, read more. Right. Study more. Study. Study. Find out what the Word of the Lord has to say Dig in and dive it. Search the scriptures. Absolutely. Well, David, it's been great to be with you today on another Kingdom Link podcast. Right. We've had a great time. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for uh, starting out the new year with us here at Kingdom Link on our first episode of 2020 on uh, identifying the call, understanding the call. We thank you so much for your love and support. Uh, please write a review on our podcast. Yes. Jump over to Facebook, like our page, share our page. Uh, we will have show notes for this episode, so we have more books on there that you guys can go and see about buying. Uh, please, just if you have anything that you want us to cover, any topic, uh, any Bible verse, or anything else, just please message us or message on the Kingdom Link page. We would love to have your input. Absolutely. Another One other thing we want to tell you about that we're launching this year, coming up next week, we'll be starting our first a leadership video right. called Words to Lead By. Right. And uh, I'm going to be sharing about a three to five minute video each, each week on words of leadership and hopefully help you, encourage you. Uh, let's grow together. Here at Kingdom Link, we firmly believe that leadership only matters when it is passed on. So go pass it on today. <laughs>